You're listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon. I'm Timothy. And I'm Joel. Yeah, this is um, our 93rd episode of Cinema Red Pill. I hope I'm correct with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and on this episode, we'll be talking about The Mercy of the Jungle, a film uh, by Joel Karechezi. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Um, just, I'm going to talk a bit about this film and why we're talking about it. First of all, it won the first top prize at Fespaco in 2019, which is the last Fespaco that happened. Mm. Fespaco is like the cans of African of cinema, really. Yes. But it's really the biggest yeah. thing, so that's the top prize. <laughs> and it's cool for it to be like an East African film, because most times... The last winner was Felicite, okay. which is the French. Co- Congolese. Yes. In, yeah, and in French. In French. That's amazing. Amazing. You had said last mm. time how most hey, films man, are I'm, in I'm, French as well. Yeah, man, Francophone films get all the love in Africa. <laughs> Moving on up, maybe Uganda will one day get a first Paco film and <laughs> somehow a mm-hmm. film in a different language. But yeah, it won top prize. Uh, it premiered at Toronto TIFF, Toronto International Film Festival. And yeah, nice. it also showed in a bunch of festivals. The list is long. There's the Loxo African Festival. There's that, uh, that one that has in the Egypt. qualifier. The one that gives you the Oscar qualifier, mm. Pearl of Africa or something. Puff, yeah. Puff. Pan African, Pan African film festival. Yes. Uh-huh, that yes. one as well as the Durban one. Yeah, so it's pretty nice. big. And um, more about it. Uh, it's a production between mm. Belgium, France, Germany, and Rwanda. I kind of wish Uganda had some credit. Mm-hmm. No, we should have credit because it was short. No. We, we we do yeah ugandans were up in there ali musoke was doing the bts we had uh we shout out edna patience davidson uh michael wawuyo senior michael wawuyo junior ugandans are all up in that thing emma emma gashumba yeah abi muchibi yeah ugandans featured to shot on ugandan soil we're also going to take our credits yeah we, <laughs> <laughs> so we facilitated <laughs> But I wanted to even ask about that. Where exactly was it shot? I didn't get where. It was shot in Uganda. Where exactly? Yes. yes. Uh, basing on the gorillas, I would say like Bwindi said. Yeah. It definitely was Bwindi. Because, yeah. Yes. So my issue is where I'm yeah. saying we should get credit. Like on Wikipedia, the source of information... The country is listed. We are not there. Like, mm-hmm. we aren't really credited for yeah. doing shit. Like, the blueprint on, like, the footprint online, we are not really there. But in the credits, we are really there. Yeah. No, but I think I saw something on where they put it's, filming it's, took place in Uganda. in Uganda. That's the only credit they give us. Yeah. 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 So. But production, yeah. Mo- yes. all those names, <laughs> all yeah. those names, all those the actors. actors yeah. yeah. You know? It's okay. We are, we are rewriting that injustice. Cinema Red Pill is here. <laughs> yes. Right? We have come here. for our credits. We are telling you, this is our movie also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are talking about our movie, right? Uh, like, we are taking ownership. This exactly. is what they lecture us about. Ownership. Reclaiming. <laughs> <laughs> Reclaiming what's ours. Um, you know? About Joel uh, Karechezi, he was mm. in the Maisha Film Lab and he had a short film that was produced there yeah. called The Pardon. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. Yeah. That Pardon yes. is on YouTube. I'll yeah. link the, it yes. as well in the in our our com, our show notes, the yeah. notes of about this episode, because The Pardon is available on YouTube. Mm. And also this film we're talking yes. about, The Mercy of the Jungle, is on, on Vimeo. You can get it on Vimeo. We watched it from mm. Vimeo. We bought it. Yes. 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 <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can yes. buy it for 30 <laughs> and Or you can get it for 48 hours streaming for 17K. So affordable shit. Do what we did. Split yeah. seas among yeah. people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good we buy all our movies, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Say no to piracy. No to piracy, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have to link this Bambi guys. Please watch it if you can. It's available. Um, but his film, The Pardon, uh, was made into a feature film in 2015, which is in Babazi, The Pardon. Uh, it's also a film about uh, the genocide, which I haven't yet talked about this film, but the previous film he made, The Pardon, is also about a genocide. 
Um, yes. This film that we're going to talk about is also about the genocide, but a world after the genocide set in 1998. Yeah. And the Rwanda genocide took place in 1994. So this is just four years after. It's still pretty fresh. Um, the film is set at the border of Rwanda and DC in an area called Chivu. And that area is really set up that is full of buried wealth. And these two regions want the wealth. So there's some uh, strife for that, which because they both want it. There's soldiers on both sides, as well as a rebel group, which is in, included. And this is sort of a guerrilla war between the people. And one of the things that the film also makes note of is that this uh, conflict is a detriment to the population of the people living in the area. Um, we follow two main characters. One is called Faustin, and the other is called Xavier. The lead character really is Xavier, I'd say. Yeah. But they're co-leads. The, the movie is about them. And it's their own some sort of journey. It's really seeing them go through yeah. this journey because Faustin and um, Xavier meet when their units disperse. Their unit is attacked and it disperses and they're left with each other. So they go on a journey within a jungle trying to find the unit that le- that left them. So this is why it's the mercy of the jungle. It's really a journey of them mm. going through the jungle because they can't take the main road because they will be attacked on the main road. So they have to go within the jungle and try to seek their unit. And Faustine's character is young. He's seeking revenge for the people who killed his family during the genocide. While Xavier is haunted by what happened in the genocide since he was an active participant in the genocide. So they have like a differing aspect about them. And uh, yeah, that's mostly the movie. That's an introduction, but we'll talk more about it in detail. I think it doesn't hurt. Yeah. The experience of, of, of watching it still, we will really dive in properly about everything. So be ready about for that. Um, I wanted to say something, though. There's a quote Karikezi said during an interview I read of his. He's like, I grew up in a regional at war, and I use my films to ask whether humanism is still possible. How do we believe in humanity when we've lived through the Rwandan genocide or the war in Congo? Which is, I think, really describes yeah. the film and even his previous yeah. film, yeah. Uh, The Pardon. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, so I want to know your... Um, before we dig into the aspects of the film, just your, in, your general view of the film. Yeah. Huh? Just your general thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Let's start yeah. with you, Joel. Oh yeah, um, I was blown away. I think from like uh, the first image, I, I think the the first image was this big. I forget if it was a landscape shot or whether we started with uh, Xavier running, but I was blown away with just the quality, really, of everything. And to see Uganda again throwing our props in that, see Uganda <laughs> shot in such quality for me was worth the price ad- of admission alone to begin with. Uh, but the rest of the story is really powerful, uh, really captivating. The message, especially uh, what you just said, um, uh, what, what Joel tries to tackle is like whether there's any, like like humanity is still possible after we've done like all these horrible things to each other. I really loved the theme of the movie. The acting is done beautifully. The characters, the story, the landscape. I love where the story especially goes. The conversations between uh, Faustin and Xavier. It's very beautifully uh, told. I can see why it won. Um, <laughs> it's definitely uh, uh, and its uh, prize at the sparkle. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'll just have to agree with Joel as well and say the first thing that really jumps out at you is the production value of the film. The overall production value is just great. Uh, everything, as you said, from like the music and the cinematography, the acting is really top-notch. So it's really an experience that pulls you in and you stay engaged. And throughout the movie, you're actually just you're so in tune with everything that's happening and you want to know what's coming next. You kind of understand the subtle conflicts and uh, the subtleties between like the friendships of the characters. 
So I felt like everything from like a production technical level to even just the story level was really well put together. And that's really what jumps out at you the first time. And you're hooked immediately from the first shot, as Joel said, till the end, you're hooked and you're in it. So I'd say those are like my general views on, on the okay. film. Yeah, <clears throat> That's great. I think I'm a bit tilted. Yeah. Not exactly where both of you are at. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful <laughs> yeah. as well. I just, like, on a personal level, war movies are not my favorite. And it has... <laughs> it's a lot. It's such a war movie. And it feels so inspired by a lot of Hollywood movies that are great as well. Mm. Like the top, like the apocalypse yes. now, that Spielberg one that has Tom Hanks. Like, uh, yes. Saving Private Saving Ryan. Private Ryan. Yes. Those <clears throat> movies have something about them with really digging into the depth and the humanity of people at war. I think... I was yeah. I, I had a distance towards the film because I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have thoughts <laughs> about the war. I'm not quite intrigued. I'm yeah. like, let's not do it ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I had that not going for me. I much much more enjoyed thinking about the film afterwards yeah. more than I enjoyed the experience okay. of actually mm. watching it. That is for sure. Like yeah. thinking about what it was doing, yeah, yeah. thinking about the shots that it had, yeah. like. The thoughts about it and its existence were more interesting than the experience of yeah. overall watching it for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's get into its main thing, which you guys have said is like the powerhouse about it, which is the way it looks. Yeah. I, I think let's talk about that. Its cinematography was done by a, a guy called Joaquin Felipe. His website is online. I think people could check it out. And he has worked on a couple of projects, things that I've showed in Cannes. He also worked on a Ugandan film. A bit cliche is about the Northern War. It's like that's the typical thing a white guy which, does. Which, which film was that? It's, um, I can look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it. I just looked at it. I'm like, wow, this is the kind of thing that someone does. Yeah. It's called The Invisible, the Invisible Enemy. Okay. He's a Belgian... Um, uh guy yeah just even but even the name itself to call it invisible it's yeah. just invisible to you <laughs> yeah. like it's not invisible, it's very visible to us. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just it's a bit of a typical <laughs> project but his if you see his website his look is so crisp and yeah. sharp yeah. like it, 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 yeah it, his 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 work like it, there's a reason why the film looks like yeah. that it's so impressive yeah. i think i would really have to yeah. speak First, for my favorite shot, which was the coiled tree. You oh, saw yeah, that yes, when they were in the jungle. Yeah. Yes. yes. That scene was yeah. amazing, oh. and I liked how it was shot because they kept the camera on a wide yes. shot, and it was still for yeah. quite yeah. a while yeah. for when you could pop a revel on yeah. how beautiful that thing yes. was entirely yeah. coiled. I don't know what more you guys have to say about the, yeah. the photography yeah. and sound as well. I yeah. think let's talk about the filmmaking in general. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say that uh, for me, uh, technically, I, would, I also love the cinematography. And my favorite shots were definitely these shots that you would like, kind of like intersperse between scenes, like the shots where it would show the mountains and the clouds just slowly drifting over them and just creating that mood of like you actually feel like you're in the jungle yourself mm-hmm. yeah and again as you said uh, the sound of it also was pretty brilliant the way they did the score especially the part when uh, later in the film when uh, Sergeant Xavier gets really sick and he's having malaria and he's having all these fever dreams mm-hmm. there's something really cool that they do with mosquitoes mm-hmm. which I thought was amazing because <laughs> yes. you know mosquitoes with mosquito bothering you is like something here in Africa we're very used to mm-hmm. and they kind of like used it to kind of mm-hmm. portray like him losing his mind and mm-hmm. yeah going through these fever dreams so I thought that was really really cool and then again the editing I would say the pacing of the film mm-hmm. was brilliant because it's a war film mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some, there are a lot of action sequences where they are like running or like they have to fight, especially later in the film. Mm. But the way they really pace it, like, I really love the pacing of the film because they would have these scenes that build up, then they would like cut to like something that is a bit more serene and mm. you actually immersed in the jungle, then they go back to the action. So I thought the editing was really well done as well, especially those three aspects, especially were really cool for me on the technical level. Yeah. Nice. Joel? Yes, sir. 
yeah for, for for me what was immediately fun like one of the first things i think i fell in love with uh, earlier on like as a filmmaker was was like handheld shots really in any movie so for me all the handhelds in this were beautiful to watch like i watched some of the uh the behind the scenes afterwards and it was it was a joy to like see these guys working and like for me the joy of the a lot of the joy for me for the film like even like the shots uh, timothy's talking about all i was picturing was like how long it took to hike up there with all that equipment <laughs> to nail like all these beautiful serene shots i could feel the amount of hard work they put in all the night shoots as well that they had to do was crazy they were like literally in the jungle because I think we've gotten, uh, at least I've gotten used to like the whole Hollywood thing where they've been cheating, cheating with green screen. They make their cassette in the studio with AC and everything. <laughs> so this felt like um, very grounded filmmaking. It felt like old school filmmaking. Like I, I felt like someone mentioned uh, Apocalypse Now earlier. I felt like that, like that grime of like you're in the actual thing, you know, and you and you can feel it. It shows on the actors' faces, and I I think that's also what makes the story so powerful. Um, I also really liked the um the setups. There was this one uh, sequence um where they attack the rebel camp like towards the end of the movie. I just loved how they designed that set and also watching behind the scenes that they were constructing all these scaffoldings, mounting these giant uh, floodlights. It was beautiful to see this much money poured into a production here, really. Uh, for me, it was just exciting to see all these things. Um, and yes, everything else that uh, Timothy said about the editing, that mosquito scene where he goes crazy, I really, I was not expecting that. It was like really, really um, creative, very psychedelic, <laughs> but a really good way to like show a fever dream. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the technicals were amazing. Sound, editing, camera, everything was nailed. And it's nice to watch really any African movie when you're not like thinking about the technicals. Like they're that good that you can sink yourself into the story. That's always a great thing. So yeah, we yeah, nailed it across the board. Yeah. That's really yeah. Cool. I'd also just want to mention uh, something we've skipped because I, in doing the research for the film, I noticed how much they won like awards for like costume and makeup. Mm. Yeah, and I thought I thought that was yes. pretty cool, especially with uh, the scenes where they would show people like with gunshots and all that. And again, even just the setup like the. Locals actually really did look like locals. Then the militiamen really looked like militiamen. There was the villain. Shout out uh, who? Shakira. Shakira, yeah. I saw her in the credits. Yeah, she did that. Yeah, Shakira, 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 Ugandans are responsible for that makeup. She's a well known Yeah, Ugandan makeup. And she has, I think, worked uh, yes. in of Katwe films like that. Nice. So. She was really in charge of all that Shakira. Yes, yes. Heavy, heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. So, like, I really also appreciated mm. the work she did on that front, especially also with the costumes and the soldiers. When their clothes were, like, tattered, they really looked like they'd been in the jungle for a long time, and <laughs> you could really tell. Yeah. And I also, as you say, then the places <laughs> they chose to shoot, I think that was also really great. Like, the, just the compositions and picking all these spots, as Sharon mentioned, the carved tree, then you would see the water yeah. where they actually found water. Then the places where they couldn't get water, where there like these bogs in the swamp. Mm. Like I thought there was a lot of mm-hmm. work that went into picking these locations. Even just the scene where they're with a the gorilla. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was about to talk yes. about that. Yeah. That was also pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, you guys had yeah. some really great compositions and you made some really good choices on the set mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's all yeah. i'm so happy when the gorilla showed up because like the first time because they're talking about when a jungle yeah animals are, are, are coming for us i'm like oh my god they're going to cgi something in a dream i'm like that is the best way to cope out yeah. <laughs> i'm like it's definitely what they're going to do yeah. And, they, and there was when they had like a guinea pig looking thing yes. to yes. what like, was it a what hog yeah, <laughs> of like Bambi no budget <laughs> so it was, yeah. it was very cute to really I was happy mm. to see the actual gorilla show up which is nice I think I wanted to ask you guys something because I'm like 
do you ever call a forest a jungle? I'm very no. on why they call it a jungle because like, I don't think you can say national park. That's just yeah. too government corporate yes. shit. Yes. But a jungle? I'm like, would I be looking at? Would I be in Kavale, in Bunyoni bushes, and be like, I'm in a jungle? No. It's <laughs> but I think I, th- I think maybe for Congo, <laughs> for Congo because they have the Congo forest and they have these really dense uninhabited areas, and the story was taking place in Congo. I think it works here, yeah, but like personally, like I don't think in Uganda we have a jungle. We have maybe right, it's a forest. It's not a jungle. No. Yeah, but I think Congo yes. there might be spots which are still really jungle and uh, untouched or yeah. Yeah, I also think like in the just like the general <laughs> sense of how the world yes, thinks of a jungle yes. would be more intriguing than to say mercy in the forest. forest yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think I want to talk about something sorry, negative. Yeah. But at the ending I think there's mm-hmm. the one camera yeah. choice that I really did not find great. Yeah. At the end the absolute end 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 when he's come from because we, we have this Thing where Joel, the, the shot you talked about in the beginning when he's chasing someone, okay, some we round people. back to that yeah. at yeah, the end yes. and we see him being chasing that yeah. person yeah. again. But there's the choice they make to to make a wide shot yeah. and we see everything yeah. at a wide angle. Yes. I wasn't crazy <laughs> about that. I'm like, I, it, it, I felt like it robbed me of something. Yeah. I felt like like the the scene was yeah. so personal and like it's such a like the fact that he is losing like he's going he's dying i feel like i needed to see his face so the choice to keep it at a wide angle was a bit disappointing for me (laughs) (laughs) that was the only choice (laughs) no i think i it was just it stood out to me so much because i was kind of eager to for yeah. them to bring it closer, it felt it mm. kind of was yeah. anticlimactic for me because yeah. of the camera choice. Yeah. Yeah. Should I go, Joe? Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Like for me, uh, specific to that scene, I I felt like it um, worked with the way the film was flowing um, emotionally. I was at least I was I was at first disappointed with how he how he died, but then I I, I got like the idea that this nigga was tired. He was he was tired like most of the movie already had all these things weighing on him because he basically let that guy kill him. Like there was no there was no reason for him to lose that situation. He had that guy down. This guy looks up at him, it's like why aren't you firing? Nothing's happening. He shoots him dead. And for me, uh, them pulling back up, I felt the loneliness of the moment and the loneliness of his passing, because he's 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 dying in this gi- giant jungle of a forest, whoever you ask. He's passing away in this giant, <laughs> like this giant jungle, like all alone. And I felt like that was the mercy of the jungle. I felt like that was the like the money, like the staple shot, actually funny enough, of, like, the entire movie, I felt like it really encapsulated, like, the theme they were trying to go for, especially with his story. Um, yeah, so for me, it worked, like, on an emotional level. Yeah, mm. yeah. for me, I'd, I'd yeah. have to say that... that uh, uh, are you still going? No, 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 I was going to say Tim. Okay, yeah, I'd have to say that it, but, it did yeah. work for me as well, because for two, maybe two reasons, because I would imagine that after what he has gone through with... Uh, Faustin, and then he's chasing this yeah. other young militia boy. I think there was a moment of hesitation where maybe after what he... Because I think even the boy looked kind of similar to Faustin. I think similar age. Yeah. So I so I think maybe there was that initial hesitation yeah. because yeah, he was maybe... Maybe he had a bit of sympathy for like again another young person lost in a, this big conflict. Then maybe that's how I would rationalize that. Then the second thing about the shirt itself... Because, yeah, it's a wide shot, but also I think it's a bit aerial. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost like a God's eye view of, like, that scenario. And as you say, Joel, like, the loneliness, I think in the end they kind of show that uh, Sergeant Xavier, like the many other people who died in this conflict, is just, like, one other person who dies in this place with no one around him and they probably won't find his body for days. Mm. And they're just showing, like, how maybe God in general was looking at the conflict and is seeing, like, all these people just dying and... Yeah. It may not have as much meaning, like in terms of like 
interpersonal relationships like there's no one by his side when he dies but i think that's like the brutality of war as you said like when you die you never know when you're going to die in a war and when you do usually it comes in ways you don't expect and you're usually alone when when it happens you're just another person who has died in the war you don't really have you're just another body bag you're not really <laughs> so i think maybe that's what he was trying to say that in spite of him being this very important character throughout the film and he goes through these great trials just trying to survive the jungle in the end when he dies it's just another casualty yeah, yeah. so that's that's how i maybe saw it and yeah. i rationalized it yeah and i actually did like that shot at the end <laughs> i really liked it <laughs> yeah and, okay i like this yeah. Yeah. Of and i think show. yeah you actually <laughs> Yeah, no, I would say I think he's actually right because I'm remembering now also in the script itself, he does have this during one of the conversations with Faustine and he's talking about how he thinks God is judging him, like how he thought and it's like he's waiting for like God's justice to come down on him. And that might have also been implied with that aerial shot. Now that Timothy mentions it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the uh, God looking down at him. And like this is like God's justice, like at the end of the of the whole thing that he was dreading and waiting for. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's really powerful in you for me. Are you convinced, Sharon? I am. I am. I I would rarely submit to like, but I I I think I now could buy that as a point of view for yeah for that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's now get into yeah. the other factors, the narrative and the characters in the film. Um, yes. Yeah, I think this is mostly like a road trip movie then turns into an undercover story, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting, like how it turns into yeah. that. <laughs> but one of the things... Undercover um, brothers. Undercover brothers. It's so wild. Like yeah. I was like, really, this is what we're doing? <laughs> they were so... Yeah. <laughs> and the film is so subtle yes. in the way it is. It's, it's just in the small yes. sentences. It's yeah. like, look at us. We are DRC. Yes. They think we're Congolese. Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing which I wanted to talk about first, which kind of made me struggle to find an entry point of maybe entertainment. That's a broad word to yeah. use. But things the thing that kept pushing me away from the film to find it intriguing at all is that the main antagonist is nature. And, yes. <laughs> and I don't know why... Uh, I don't, <laughs> the main antagonist is just the nature, the animals, like things, not... And, ooh, I don't know, that kept kind of drawing me away because we see them go through... They struggle with, say, like the sleeping choices of sleeping up or down. Yes. The mosquitoes you're talking about. Yes. They drink pee. They're yes. hunting for food. There's when he eats like a tiny military biscuit. Yes. Those are all things that are happening after one and after after yes. one another. And that this all happens in the yes. beginning. I reached a point where I'm like, where are we going with this? <laughs> I, like, I reached a point where I'm like, where are we going with this? I, I would genuinely say it kind of makes it a bit hard to watch that this is the main antagonist yeah. until we get into these intense moments when they then start uh, going to the undercover story. Yeah. That's when it really started to pick up for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you guys think. Mm, I, I th- yeah. I would say like the way I saw the... Uh, I didn't necessarily see the jungle as the main antagonist. I think I saw it as a placeholder for the larger theme, which was like... Uh, on on one he- on one side, you could see the jungle as like a metaphor for like human nature itself, because it's human nature that has gotten them into that place. Then this jungle in the middle of nowhere, fighting this uh, pointless war for like revenge. Like at this point, they're committing all these atrocities, and it's like I felt this almost con- confusion. It's like yeah, they're marching west to catch up, but the whole time they're like talking about like why they're even fighting this war to begin with and i think as xavier is talking to faustine he's like uncovering that you know this like if i if i could go back i probably wouldn't fight this war my pregnant wife would maybe still be (laughs) alive maybe i could have a different life i could be a farmer i could be this this that it's like the revenge thing isn't worth it being in this jungle that i've put myself in isn't worth it 
and i felt like the, the the hardship of the jungle really illustrated like the life they have committed themselves to but i think there's even a moment where xavier is like he's given when, when they get like caught and he has to like defend himself like he's not a deserter and he's like you know i've given my life like my whole life for this for this army and for me that's what like the jungle was like like the jungle is their lives as opposed to like it being nature itself on the surface is at least the way i saw it uh so narrative wise i felt for me i was like in it in uh, you talk about entertainment <laughs> which i get why you're feeling weird about the word entertainment <laughs> but yeah <laughs> But for me, yes, there was definitely entertainment value inside of that. Um, yeah, because yeah, cause thematically, that's the way I was looking at it anyway. Uh, Timothy, what did you think? I also see, I also about? see a bit of what Sharon said, because I also felt mm-hmm. like they did not use the jungle as much as they could have mm-hmm. to like really make it this big obstacle that's, uh, that's trying to kill them, basically instead of them surviving it. And I think they mainly, what he mainly did was to dwell on the relationship between mm. Faustine and Xavier and just building on that. Of course, there are a few like, struggles they face here and there, but like, they don't build enough on it. And I think I really liked the part when, I think sometime in the beginning, when they actually had to change clothes and they're walking past these locals and the locals actually turn on them like they're rebels and chase them. Mm-hmm. I would have loved if they yeah. were facing the jungle <laughs> Mm. With again some sort of pursuit happening, maybe from like the locals themselves who want to like get rid of these rebels who are causing so them all this frustration. So and the pursuit of the Hutu guys wasn't enough. Of the what? The other Hutu rebels, or the other Hutu rebels that were around, around uh, where they killed uh, Kantarama's character. Yeah, no. And then no. Like, the yeah. Afro. Yeah, the ones who had the mine. No, some sort of mine. Yeah, yeah, but those yeah. guys were Randis yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, they were Congolese, but I think they, that came a bit later in the film, actually. Because I, I would have preferred if from like the get-go, when like they, they disbanded, maybe they have this gap where they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Then in doing that, they actually now do meet the rebels. Because I felt the ones at the gold mine with the Arab-looking dude, really, mm-hmm. I think they came much later. Maybe that's why you say that uh, it became a bit more interesting for you because now that's when they're in a village and these rebels were now, because they killed a woman at the gold mine. That's I didn't when, like that plot, yes, though. That's, that's, when, that's when they're actually <laughs> yeah. now beginning to like chase mm. them. And I think that's like maybe towards the last third of the film. Mm. It's not really so much the beginning. So I would have just liked like, that, that extra bit of like tension and suspense and the extra challenge on them like Surviving the jungle while again from the get go being pursued and that makes everything harder. And I think maybe from an entertainment point of view to even make it even <laughs> more interesting. So yeah, I think that's that that yeah. would be my main problem with the narrative. But otherwise, I thought he mainly focused on like building the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, between Faustine and Xavier, mm-hmm. as opposed to like them really being like at the mercy of the jungle mm-hmm. it was really these two people yeah. trying to survive this situation together instead of it being like that the jungle is actually trying to kill them and they won't make it out alive mm. i could see that they could these people would definitely make it out of the jungle like mm. i was sure they would i wasn't worried like they will not make it maybe mm. when he got sick but mm. i had a feeling they would eventually make it out i wasn't i, I was you never convinced scared. that they are going to die in the jungle so <laughs> yeah, that's just maybe something. Though Faustine like was hustling at the beginning. Yeah. On that hike, man. That guy took him on hikes. <laughs> yeah. But like I don't know, like um like I do I do see you guys' uh point. Um but I I guess I think why I enjoyed that first half before it gets like a little more dramatic or entertaining is I felt the exhaustion like of being in the jungle especially from uh from like xavier's point of view as exhausted of faustine <laughs> and then by the day, yeah, so, like, like up that point where he like i think drinks uh faustine's piss and explodes yeah i was also just like man i am tired of this shit <laughs> so like when all when this other stuff like comes along the way for me that's for me, it like adds to the drama even more so because of like this setup that they made. Um, but I, but I do get it. It is a slow burn, I guess, is what I'll say. And 
uh, slow burns are not also for everyone or not for every movie. They don't always work for every movie. And it's a question of tastes. I completely get that. I think uh, like going back to uh, weak point, you're saying weak points in the narrative. Um, for me, it was the ending, actually. There was a bit of a weak point for me. So like I liked the aerial shot, but then that like the wrap up because like the end like like I was wondering, which I'm sure you guys are wondering, it's like did did Faustin make it out alive? There's like this whole raid. It's like everyone has died. It's like Xavier is the only one left alive. You're like what's happening? And then he goes out and gets shot. So the reveal for Faustin for me was just too rushed. It's like when I saw the little kid, like I like I got it. I was like oh he's alive, but the way it was done for me felt like it was too abrupt. I don't want to say lazy because they worked their asses off in this movie, but it's like in comparison to everything else, like the whole scene even felt out of place. Like it didn't, it felt like an afterthought, if that makes sense. Because it felt like the movie was supposed to end on that aerial shot and it could have ended very strongly there if they just cut to black, but... The Faustin wrap-up for me was was a little funny. That's that's the only thing really that bothered me in an otherwise great narrative experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree with you on that as well. It felt it, it felt some like they were like, how do we actually give this movie a good ending? Yeah, because this ending is maybe yeah. too dark. So they're like, mm. yeah, let's show Faustin in this very brightly lit garden, picking tea with his kid and all that. So yeah, mm. I felt that was in a way not. Not the best way to go about it. I would have much. I would have preferred if at the end it just ended with uh, Xavier mm. dying in the field as well. Yeah, but I feel like again going back a bit to a weak point again. Like you mentioned something about the part where he drinks peace in that. But I yes. felt now I felt that was also kind of rushed because it was just like I think yeah. <laughs> soon after they had started, they have started like that trick. And like I would understand them like if it, if they had been in the jungle for like I don't know weeks, no water, then like he's just dying to drink something and he drinks the piss. But I was like, yo, this first kid has tapped out real quick. <laughs> he's already drinking his piss in, in like the first third of the movie. <laughs> oh so like maybe that's what I would say. Like I think that kind of thing is where I did. I, I felt they could have built up much more, and then something like that drinking piss. Would perhaps even now have more energy, mm. more more power for me. But then thinking of like the strong points of it, I really love the as you said. He said something about hum uh, in the quote by Joel Karakezi, something about humanism, and I really enjoyed how he actually tried to dwell on that a bit more mm. with through the characters. Because a lot of the African war films I've seen usually, it's just about the violence and the the dread and the darkness of it all they don't really like dwell on like the the the, the light that can be at, that can exist in these very dark situations mm-hmm. so i really enjoyed that like him oh. building on these two characters who are randy soldiers oh. in like this strange congolese land in a conflict which they probably don't have the right motivations for as well was very interesting but then uh another thing oh. i would say was like from the hist- a historical perspective like I felt they could have done a bit yeah. more with the Congo War. Like, <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe, yeah. yes, maybe, 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 maybe because more. maybe because I think uh, the countries involved and the leaders of those countries and it's, I'm sure it's a sticky situation <laughs> to really like almost indict these people for war crimes. Yeah, yeah but I felt yeah, like they didn't uh. maybe get as much into the motivations. They made it look like it was more about just militias fighting over gold, but. Yeah, they would have like also shown like the motivations for the Randis being there as well because their motivations weren't entirely good. They weren't there just to liberate. No. Yeah, and even like the other forces because this was this Congo was considered like the World War of Africa. Shit. Yeah, it was it's called, yes. it's called the Great African War. Mm-hmm. Like five point four million people died, mm-hmm. most deadly conflict since World War Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, and there were like plenty of countries yeah. involved, like the Zimbabwe's, Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uganda like, as yes, well. Yes, Uganda and Uganda people, has these yeah. crimes. Uganda uh, well documented crimes. <laughs> yes, DRC we are currently paying for those crimes. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, like, there, man. yeah like, like I just feel like when 
I feel like because they got a chance to like tell this story, I would have wanted to see something a bit more yeah. scathing and in depth. Yeah. But then I understand like the politics and okay. trying to be careful yeah. and not stepping on anyone's toes. But I feel there was like a lot, a lot to unpack mm-hmm. in that film. Besides just like these yeah. two characters surviving the jungle, they could have thrown a bit here and there, like the different armies, maybe the Ugandan yeah. wing and what they were up yeah, to but- then. All that, so. man. That's a main thing for me because yeah. while I was watching the film, first of all, I'm like, I'm inclined to root for DRC See, because yes. people have <laughs> bled DRC dry, <laughs> including yeah. ourselves, yes. including the Randis. Yes. And so every single time when the focus was on the Randis and, yes. and yes. their strife, I'm yes. like, guys, no, yes. I get that the genocide is a big thing, yes. and I think I also kept thinking about, I'm like. Kagame was front and center when this film was winning. (laughs) I'm like, you have to be in such support of your government for the leader of your government to support the film that way. So it it, it, it is hard to... But you can also see it. But I'm also impressed as well that it wasn't that much of a PSA PSA, for genocide at all. I just wasn't happy with the DRC stuff. Also, they made the one... The violence is very little. But the rebel group was a DRC group. Uh And it's the one time when it's really bloody. They give them shitty motivation behind a woman dying. (laughs) I'm like, are you guys serious? I'm so impressed by that. That stuff, I was really like, no... I'm going to root for DRC yes, all yes. the way. This film is not <laughs> caring about yeah. it. First, wait, you guys. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm wondering whether, like, I heard different information during the movie. But like, what, like, what I had uh, from the conversations with uh, Xavier and Faustin was that the Randy's soldiers, at least them, their their particular battalion that was there was there because they were hunting Hutu rebels. So, so like, um, thingy, uh, uh, Muchivi's uh, particular battalion, his Randi's battalion, was, like, part of the Randi's government, and they were there hunting Hutu rebels. So the way I saw it, unless I missed it completely, but those Afro, that, like, that Afro dude, those guys were Randi's themselves they were Hutu they were Hutu rebels so it was it was this Randis trying to get at those Randis then again fighting the the Congolese at the same point because we even have uh, Michael Wahuyo senior at some point uh, when uh, thing is they are recovering from malaria uh, Xavier then he's like asking well, what rebels like Hutu rebels and Wahuyo is like it doesn't matter Hutu Tutsi you guys are all fucking us up like it doesn't matter which which militia you roll up in here, you mess with our women, you take our crops, you do what. So for me, I feel like they actually captured the temperature of what was going on at the time, the chaos, because I felt like on this really intimate level, Xavier, Faustine, uh, Muchibi's character, they felt justified in what they were doing uh, there. They felt like we're justified by like delivering justice is, is what they keep saying actually. It's like I thought I was here to deliver justice, but now I'm killing babies, I'm killing women. Because even talked about killing Hutu women and babies and stuff like that. And so like there's just been so much killing, he doesn't know what they're doing there anymore. So I felt at least for me it it did uh as good a job as you could. It didn't call people out directly. I'll agree with you, Uganda did not feature at all, which was, <laughs> which was a little weird for me. <laughs> but, like, the rest of it, like, the, the th- those politics of, like, down there at the border, I felt like they captured uh, properly. I felt like the Congolese were just people caught in the crossfire. They had all these militias happening. So, for, for me, who was rooting for were the Congolese civilians, <laughs> specifically. Because I, I agree with you, even the guys that were trying to hunt them down when they caught them with the sacks, those guys are armed with machetes. Like, they weren't coming for them with guns and stuff. Like, those are just everyday guys, the merchants, the farmers, getting caught in the crossfire. Like, all these militias that have their own powerful justifications for why they're doing what they're doing. Everyone's like, I'm a patriot, I'm this, I'm that. Um, so for me, unless I, like, miss the mark, 
like I think the guys in that gold mine were also Randy's were also Randy's militia. And I think it was a mixture because now I feel I feel like the Randy's then at the end came to like the camp and cleared it. But that camp was, was now also caught in a battlefield between Congolese and Randy's. So it was this weird cluster. Like cluster fuck basically. With Randy's attacking Randy's attacking Congolese. <laughs> so yeah anyway for, for yeah uh-huh yeah i was just going to say because like, like when i was actually reading up on the conflict like it was also very much a tutsi thing like because even the yeah. people because kagame's motivations or randa's motivations were like for them to actually go into congo because the hutu rebels who had been expelled yeah. like during the genocide were now regrouping under yeah. mobutu Mm. So like Kagame's motiv- mm. or RPF's motivation was to like end that end that re- uh, rebellion coming back and starting the genocide again. Whereas even in Congo, because they had to ally with people in Congo, like the people who were fighting Mobutu in Congo were also Tutsi, of also like the Kabila Kabila. Mm. Their their tribe, I think Banyamulenge, yes. are pretty mm. much very close to the Tutsi. Mm. So even that's how you kind of see like mm. how maybe the Ugandans got roped into it and. Mm. Uh, Tutsi Congolese were roped into it, and then it's they were showing the other groups. The other groups, I think, were more of like the normal other Congolese now who probably don't want to be involved in this conflict involving Hutu and Tutsis happening in their own land, Mm. but they're just there because they have to face it. So, like, I feel they were like, as you said, there was like all this politics, but I feel they just like touched on it a little bit. And they didn't really like go mm. deep into it. Like, of course, they mentioned these things like you're yeah. all rebels, mm. but then like again, the motivations for the Randis being there, I, I, I don't think they were entirely also uh, without a question. They also had yeah. their own shady motivations. They claim they are fighting Hutus, but they are plundering. Then there are all these other militias, mm. which are not also yeah. only Randis. They are also like Congolese. Yeah. Yes. So like just that this how it yes. all broke down and the alli- the alliances getting deeper into like the mm. the politics between these alliances why these Congolese even that's why probably they could actually assimilate the uh, Faustina and Xavier because they were like yeah let's now be Congolese mm. because already they have like Tutsi or uh, descent and all mm. that so like yeah there was that I, I, I felt they should have really explored that because that was at the heart of that conflict it was very much uh, mm. ethnic tensions but then, of course, they made it more about yeah. just like the war and plundering and all that, and yeah, which for me I would have wanted yeah. to see, and maybe it's not as important, but yeah, yeah I would have really it wanted to see. The major point was, was just to say yes, this war disturbs a, the civilians. Yes, just yes, don't do it. Just yes. don't do it. Although you talk about how it was Randy's against Randy's, yes. but they also really make a point to make it known that they wanted the wealth that's there. I think it's intentional also for the rebels to be mining because that's their focus. I don't know why I felt sure the rebels were DRC people. I don't know why I felt so sure they were Congolese. I can't say maybe if they mentioned it or not, but I thought for sure that the rebels were Congolese and also coming from the part that when they go back home, when they meet the unit again, They're like you've been with them, yes. and they never really say you've been with Hutu or Tutsi, yes. which I think would yes. not match politically yes. for Randis yes. to be like this is a Hutu yes. or Tutsi. Yeah. So, like a common an enemy that would yes. make sense for them would be Congolese because yes. it would not match their yeah. their yeah. whole. We won't bring back those tensions yeah, of like back. the historic genocide uh-huh. tensions because they really don't identify yeah. with Tutsi Hutu anymore. anymore. Yes, yeah. so. so um, it, eh, I thought that was kind of like washed out yes. and yeah they focused more on like yeah, the plundering and militias without really going into yeah. the the politics of just the ethnic tensions and what led to this different they were actually starting yeah. up so but yeah that's maybe just me mm. nodding yeah. out I, on, I, I, on, on I, I, what yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean i i mean i would say like cuz cuz again with this movie like i feel like um the gaps in information are like done very very purposefully and also really keeping in the theme with of of mercy of the jungle because for me now that distance because we had no scene like where like oh and randa or, or there's some flashback to like the genocide on randy's soil or whatever there's nothing like that and for me that distance 
also like plays out like in the characters themselves then this other jungle foreign soil they have their reasons that brought them there like from home but i think they've also been away for so long that it doesn't really connect because like like what you're saying what they're doing now they were like plundering resources they were like committing uh, sexual violence uh, like like uh, destroying property all these other things that really had nothing to do with their original objective and and for me that distance really communicated i i, I feel it might also be a contextual thing because i feel like um it might be quicker to like pick up for maybe those people that have lived through the Randis genocide might look at like the Randis depicted in this movie as really a distant thing, and maybe those who even like came back from like the RPF were probably not like unrecognizable. Like as these war films, that tends to be a theme in war films as well. Like you go out there, like with, the, with those American war films, you go out there, like hey, freedom, what, 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 kill a bunch of people, you come back, and you're like, what was I doing? And I, I felt like that distance for me really hammered home like the theme of the film. So I think the limitations on purpose, which is why I'm inclined, because it was like that purposefully done, I'm inclined to like look at it as a positive rather than like a gap of like we could have used this, this, that. And I think also the fact that we're even talking about it to like this degree the fact that Tim even went and like dug through the history, I feel like also the movie is doing its job. Because if you watch this and you know very little about that time period, I think you'd, you'd want to dig through and figure out like, wait, why were these guys fighting? How did we get here? Blah, blah, blah. So I think, I think the movie did its job well, at least in my opinion. And I think the limitations are positive. Okay. Okay, we're almost running out of time. I don't know if each of you could maybe say something that you really want to talk about before we close. About the film? Yeah. Is there anything you've missed? Uh, let me go first. I think the one thing I would, I would want yes. to say that I missed is I really liked how uh, they create, at the end, it's, it's really a passive thing they say, but there's this way they talk about Faustin in a, mytholo- in a mythological way where they're like, oh what is so special about him no. and they're like he killed a, a lion. lion i really like that <laughs> that was <laughs> a line that made me so happy yeah. it was such a, a nice continuous thing and really yeah. put the whole film in perspective yeah. on how things are told in such yeah. a wild way people just assume what could have happened because their relationship is, yeah. is presented as quite intense between the two men yeah. and that I was really also like that that was also a ugandan actor sam i've seen hey. him at plenty of maisha yes that's sam. That, yeah that's <laughs> yeah Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was also nice. Scene. Yes, yeah, I really, really like that. The one other thing I want to say, we shouldn't need to get into it more, mm. but I felt like there were jokes that the film had mm. that were mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. reacted to well by the people surrounding yeah. them. Like there were like three jokes in the film entirely. <laughs> one with Michael Wawuyo Senior, yeah. and I'm like. Is this a joke? Like, what's happening? Even the way oh, he laughs. The one I'm about like, bathing. Yeah, I'm like, what? I think <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very that's a very African parent joke. I think. But I'll say my favorite joke was uh, Joel's uh, uh, Tiku, where's like monkeys are uh, fucking. That was that's the best joke of the entire. <laughs> that one landed. <laughs> Yeah. Those, I think that's when I would complain about the entertainment factor yeah, because yeah. I'm like, why isn't yeah. none of the things were learning for me? Even like, uh, yeah, th- yeah, that that's it. That's yeah. the thing I would say for yeah. me. That's all I have to say. Yeah. 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 I would just want to, maybe yeah. I would say is I just really want to also praise the acting mm. in the film. Mm. I think all the actors really brought it, uh, especially uh, Xavier, who's Max Zinger. Mm. He's a Congolese actor. Then the boy who plays Faustine, it's Stefan Bach. I think they he's French. Mm. He's French. And then even the Ugandan people, like I just enjoyed seeing Abi Muchivi being like so contemplative and he was he was great in this. Michael Wawuyo, oh, he so came for his scene and it was very powerful as well. Just the way he actually had that authority and gravitas. He actually looked like a chief. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really just want to like praise. I've spoken a lot about like technical stuff and... Mm. Uh, the story and all that but i was also really impressed by the acting because for them to actually keep you immersed i think 
they were also doing a great job in making this story come come to life mm. and of course the languages they were using french and swahili and all that but yeah i really want to praise the acting and i think it's something that also deserves some props they were really well mm. rehearsed and well read and i imagine they were shooting in less than ideal environments in a right. forest in a jungle forest and all that yeah. so mm. i imagine yeah it must have taken its toll for them just to make the film mm-hmm. but yeah i really enjoyed the acting mm-hmm. in the film and they had a great cast with the ugandan people the main actors even the dude who was like the rebel leader mm. the very light-skinned dude who was in team back too yeah. Mm. yeah like they had a really good cast they it brought in some so yeah, yeah so I, I just want to like praise the acting in the film as well joe yeah yeah oh yeah i just want to once again like uh hopping off of team like praise the effort just the sheer effort that this film was like i i I, I talked to, I think, a couple of the people, Ugandans that were crew members at the time, came back, people who are brown came back black as Jesus, you know? <laughs> you know, weight had been lost, what? It was, it's just such an effort. And for me, like any film really is hard to execute on a technical level. So for for especially and again this hit uh, builds up onto me praising also the director. So for you to maintain the level of passion and to maintain that energy throughout the entire process, because it shows the actors nail every single scene that they are in. There's there's no scene where I felt like oh it must, like that took me out where I'd be like oh maybe he was tired that day or some, something like that. It was just. Oh my God. And, and I also agree with Timothy seeing our legacy, Ugandan actors, uh, Michael Wawuyo, Abit Muchibi, like in a film this good and see how great their acting can be like in really good hands. Because everything was making them shine from the director to the camera, the lighting, the costume. So it was nice. It was, it was nice to see them like at that level, see how amazing it actually was. And I really want to see more content like this. I hope, I, I, I really hope they push that you, the, the fact that it was shot in Uganda, like more, like I would, I would love the, the Ministry of Tourism to like just, you know, give more uh, tax breaks, like incentivize more people to come and like film here. We have like so many beautiful locations. Like I really want like more invest, like I want to see more films like this made in Uganda, like this was such an achievement for me to see it's it's much it's much better than I expected it was going to be. Like the way Imperial Blue like wowed me, this one like blew my mind like completely that it was as good as it was. And yeah, I, I can't wait to see more from Joel Karikezi. Um Sharon mentioned uh, his movie The Pardon. Like if you can if you want to see the amount of level up like a filmmaker can go through Jesus Christ. Yo. <laughs> Mate. Everything. His his visual language is amazing. His storytelling is amazing. Like, thematically. Like, uh, especially the Francophone films thematically, I've noticed, are so strong. It's just, it's embedded into, I think, every single, like, level of production. It's yeah, it's it's amazing to see like really great effort. Um, congratulations to everyone that was a part of this. I am jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yep, 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 yep. This has been great. Uh, we have to close because I'm scared of this Zoom closing out on us when you know. <laughs> yeah, we would definitely yeah. all recommend this film. Please check it out on Vimeo. Uh, buy mm-hmm. it over there. Video on demand. It's 35k just to buy and yeah. 17k to stream for 48 hours. I guess Please, I guess yeah. we'll have to share a link when we, we when we actually do put this out so people can. Yes, yes we yeah. will share it yeah. for sure. But yeah, this has been our episode. Mm. Next week we're going to talk about the Galabi Short Film Festival, which starts. Yeah. We're recording on Thursday. Tomorrow. It starts on Friday. <laughs> so depending on when you listen to this, it's on the weekend of 25th to 27th. Check that out. It's curated by Joel and I'm yeah. moderating the panel. So yeah. it's very cinema red pill. <laughs> and I'll be present. So <laughs> 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 
Same thing. Please check that out. And our main platforms are now Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and we are on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, no more SoundCloud. Nice. Please don't look for us on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. we are now on those <laughs> mainly. Yeah, that's it. Thank you guys mm-hmm. for listening. We are back in action. Yep. And it feels good. Really, yeah. <laughs> back with a bang. Yep. Yeah. So this has been our episode. I'm Sharon. I'm Timothy. I'm Joe. And bye bye.